Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the second in a series. The first question was, who is God to you? Today's question is, who are you to God? Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up those knitting needles or crochet hooks and join us. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this whole series is in order to avoid the continuing <laughs> bread discussion because of the particular part of the lectionary that we're in, correct? Well, I mean, there's always a deeper reason, but some of it, mm-hmm. yeah, is totally just avoiding the bread language. For folks who don't know, John chapter 6 is filled with Jesus saying, I am the bread, the bread, the bread, more bread, bread conversation. We're going to talk about bread for the mm-hmm. next five verses. And for five weeks out of our lectionary in this particular cycle, we have all of these passages from John 6, and pastors get a little tired talking about bread. Mm -hmm. So I've taken it in a different direction this year, and this is the direction that I have taken it. So this time, instead of looking at the role of God in your life, it's who are you to God? Right. Which is a slightly different bend on the question. Now, do you have to look at who God is to you first, or is it its own separate little bit? I don't think you have to look at who God is to you first. Maybe that's helpful. They're independent, then. They can be evaluated without having to be any sort of relationship to each other. I think so. And they're also interdependent and interwoven Okay, in some ways, I think, because who we understand God to be is going to tell us how we understand God's expectation of us, right? If who God is to us is a judgmental old man in the sky, then who we are to God is likely to be something along the lines of a child who needs to be punished, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it can be interrelated, but if we think of, well, who I am to God is a created being that is good, then maybe God to me is a creator, right? It can go back and forth, but they're kind of intertwined and they're kind of wrapped up in one another. Mm -hmm. You can look at just one of them at a time. You can look at both of them at the same time. But I think the questions are there to just incite some reflection. Mm -hmm. It seems to me, especially in this particular part of the country that some people may be contemplating that first question, who is God to me? Mm -hmm. But that second question never necessarily follows. Mm. I don't think we're really thinking about ourselves in terms of who we are back the other way. That's an interesting point. I feel like this question can open up a lot of guilt or a lot of shame. Sure. I think that it can open up a lot of Historical baggage, depending upon the background and the theological experience of an individual and the religious experience of an individual, Mm -hmm. it's rough. I mean, we're recording this in a week where there's been another huge opening up of the sickness of a church with sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. allegations. And so who are you to God when we're talking about a system that has been corrupted, Mm -hmm. a lot of people can take that question, instead of it being, who am I to God, it'll get twisted to, who am I to the church? Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different question than, who am I to God? Okay. But once those get tied into each other, it's really hard to separate them. 
So you're not talking at all about any affiliation with any particular religion necessarily. This is just a very open, possibly freeing question about your relationship back up. Where are you going with this, I guess, is what I'm asking. It's a good question. Where am I going with this? I think where I want people to go is to say, well, I don't want to say where I want people to go because I want it to be an experience for people, not a dictation. (laughs) So i got to put that caveat there. I want folks to explore what it means that God cares about them as an individual. Okay. And what it means that God creates and loves and calls and gifts and challenges all of those kinds of pieces to individual people. And so if I'm thinking about who am I to God, then maybe it's about how I live in the world. Some days it's about how I live in the world. Some days it's about the actions I might take, or it's about the ways that I interact with other people. Sometimes it's, I need to be reminded that our Genesis story tells us that everything that God creates is good. Mm -hmm. And I need to remember that I am a part of God's good creation. Yeah, that's not the message you often get. Right. There's the separation then of the church aspect. Who am I to God? I am not just a pastor. Mm -hmm. I am not just a leader in the church. You know, someone who has experienced religious trauma is not just a victim to God. They may be a victim in the church, but they are not just a victim to God. To God, they are a gifted, beautiful creation called to live in amongst community and in the world. Maybe to God, they are someone who who needs healing and to be given hope in the world. It's an interesting distinction that I hadn't necessarily thought of, this God versus church. Yeah, But if you're really going to get somewhere with this question, I think that has to be the very forefront of what you're asking. Because you're going to get from many people very different answers of who you are to the church versus who you are to God. Absolutely. And I'm not wanting people to do the who am I to church. It's kind of like when you're working with someone and you want to help them self-actualize. I'm not asking who you are to your family. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm asking who you are to you. Who are you to your creator? Who are you to the greater purpose? Not just who are you to your workplace or who are you to your children or who are you to your siblings or to your parents. It's a much bigger question. And it's much more about who are you at your core than who you are in any role or any specific piece of your life. Mm-hmm. It's a hard distinction to make because it is so intertwined. And I'm also curious, are you talking something that's action-based or are you talking something that's an attitude shift? Where are you hoping people take this and what should they do with this question? Great question. I think as a Lutheran, it's a both and. Okay. I'm going to say both and to that. There is the Who are you to God? The attitude shift is understanding kind of your value and your inherent worth rather than focusing on your inherent sin and worthlessness. Okay. But to focus on that created good for the good of the world. And this is who you are. And this is how you have been created. 
with that then comes great responsibility. And that comes about action, right? Not in order to earn God's love or those kinds of pieces, but Mm -hmm. it's about action because if we have been created good and given gifts to build up the world, then our responsibility as people loved and called by God is to carry that out and to do that in the world. And so I think that some of what the answer of who are you to God is, we are tools to build a world where no one has too much and no one has too little. Mm -hmm. We are those called to make the world a place of peace and hope for the least, the last, and the lost. I think that's a big piece of it. So both and. Okay. For someone who may have a negative answer to Mm -hmm. this, what would you say? God to me is a big jerk that I want nothing to do with. Exactly. Yeah. Own that. Don't be afraid of saying that. Don't be ashamed of that. Go into that. Or back to there's no wrong answers. I think so. And I think because, because I think authentic relationship is what God is about. Okay. I think that's what God has been about since the very beginning. You know, whether I believe in a literal Garden of Eden or if I don't believe in a literal Garden of Eden is a whole different conversation. But what I believe is that in our scripture, we are told of a God who longs for relationship and longs to not be alone and longs for community and created humankind in order to have relationship and community. Okay. And I think that God wants genuine, authentic relationship. And so if your answer to the question, who is God to you, is God is a jerk who has caused me pain and has victimized me, then own that and address that and confront that. Because I believe that God is big enough to handle that and that the scriptures are big enough to walk with people alongside of that. Do I think that everyone will eventually get to a place where they think God is a great... I don't think that. I think there are plenty of people who have been so hurt by the church that they will never be able to separate God from church, Mm -hmm. and it will always be too painful. But I also think that healing won't even begin until that is stated and claimed. And so to feel so ashamed of saying, I think God is a jerk, that you don't even say it, doesn't open the door for healing. So I would rather people just open it and say it Mm -hmm. and then maybe find out why and where that comes from. And if it comes from the church, then there's an opening to have a relationship with God away from the church. Right. And if it comes from experiences with God, then dig into that and wrestle with that. Mm -hmm. We've been wrestling with God for centuries. It's totally okay. It's totally part of the faith. And if you don't want to be a part of the faith, that's okay too. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. and people lambast me for saying that, but I believe in a God of authentic relationship. And a God of authentic relationship doesn't want someone to be forced into relationship with them mm-hmm. and wouldn't do that. So I hope that made sense. So if I remember correctly, in last week's podcast, there was some passage in Ephesians that you had said, we'll get to, I promise. Here we are. Let's get to it. So the passages that are paired up with John 6 is these readings from Ephesians. And it's a section of Ephesians where you start to get really clear, like, here's what you do. Don't Mm. drink and get drunk. 
That's debauchery. Mm-hmm. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't go to sleep angry. It starts to give really clear guidelines of how to be in the world. And I think part of that is this both and, right, of who we are to God is also a people who try to live in the world in a different way than what just builds up our own individual selves or what feels good in the moment. And it's not about shaming people for getting drunk or shaming people for being angry. That's not it. Yeah, but it seems like that's so easy to slip into. Oh, it's totally easy to slip into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You want to live that life. You're supposed to live that life. And it's like, well, I'm living that life. And I see you're messing it up. <laughs> Get back in line. And that's where the church comes in and mm-hmm. all its beautiful glory. I think what I read in this is much more about try to live in the manner that is your best self. When you blow it, when you are not your best self, when you are jealous or self-destructive or filled with fury and wrath that has no justification other than your own selfishness. Sure. You got to go back to God and figure out how to kind of get back on track, right? Go back to the goals and the message and the promise. Okay. What we're really about here is not just making sure that I have everything that I need, but what we're really about is making sure that everyone has what everyone needs. Mm Mm-hmm. I got to give a little and they're going to give a little. And I really don't like that person, but I'm called to love them. So I'm going to calm myself down and set some new boundaries and figure this out. I'm going to work out my stuff and try to do it with integrity rather than just saying, screw it and going and getting drunk Mm -hmm. (laughs) and avoiding everything. Right. So it's this balance of the both and it's the balance of that you're going to be loved no matter what. And we're called to live a different way in the world. And the Ephesians text gives us the way to do it and gives us the challenges. What we have to be careful of is to not turn it into a checklist and a judgment list, because that's never, I don't think, the intention of the purpose of these things. Sure. And it's always fascinating for me to hear these read in church and sit in the pew and think, this was written not necessarily because somebody just wanted to sit down and write a checklist. This is a letter to a congregation, probably written because they saw the congregation doing the same stuff that we're all doing today. Oh, yeah. It's not as irrelevant as you might think, sitting there understanding that it was written, you know, how many thousands of years ago, right? right. And to individual people. Exactly. Yeah. So it was fascinating to me to think about that and bring it back into the now that we're still wrestling with similar human tendencies. Yep. And I'm pretty sure they did the same thing of turn it into a checklist and oh, probably as well. <laughs> and prove, like, look, I'm the one who never gets drunk. I'm so good at this. Exactly. Meanwhile, they're so angry at everyone and everything. Right? Exactly. It's part of human nature. It's how we choose then to act in the world, even with that being a part of who we are, that is the practicing of our faith and the practicing of our life of faith. Interesting. Okay, well, this is going to lead me to, again, the inevitable last (laughs) question. 
Who are you to God? A created, good, fully broken, fallible human being called to do amazing things for God's incredible people in this world. That is about the most positive, hopeful (laughs) statement. It was fabulous. I think that's who we all are. Well, it's who we all want to be, that's for sure. It's all a part and parcel of it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about who are you to God. I look forward to sitting down with you next week and the last in the series. Mm, As do I. We're going to get a little bit of Jesus up in here. It's going to be fabulously exciting and terribly uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's going to be great. Until we are back in your ears again, thank you for listening to us and for joining us here. We would love to hear from you on iTunes. You can always reach out to us on Facebook. And we can catch your email at podcast at centralportland.org. Remembering that you are a beloved child of God. Remember, God loves you no matter what.